Welcome back to On the Line. It's Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Corey Mull here with Olivia Ekbenet and Ashley Titions. Fun show in store for you today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Firefly, a revolutionary, portable, and clinically proven full-body recovery device used by professional, collegiate, and elite high school athletes to recover three times as fast. Firefly recovery redefined for athletes, coaches, or fans interested in Firefly. Use promo code MILESPLIT to receive 15% off any Firefly starter kick purchase. I know we all have used it yes. in yes. recent weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts? I like it. I like how it's like portable and on the go. It helps with definitely recovery as it says. And, you know, most of us, like all of us here are pretty much runners. So we've been using it quite often, which I think has been awesome. It's been helping with speed up that recovery process. I think I wore it in the office the other day on like its lowest setting for like eight hours or something like that. It's like you, you leave it on and you almost forget it's there, but it's still... Yeah you know, is giving you that recovery effect, which is great because I'm, I'm training for a marathon. So yep. it's great to get that recovery. Yep. I'm old, I'm <laughs> rickety, but I did use it, uh, after a, a hard run recently and I felt better the next day. So loving it. Yeah. Uh, so firefly recovery for all your stuff. Um, that's going to be good stuff. So on today's show, we're going to highlight Five top videos from the week. We're going to recap the Milrose Games, which you were both at. We'll discuss the 400-meter national record. And can it go down? I don't know. We'll finish with a preview of a big event arriving on our calendar on the 1st of March. That's the Texas A&M Blue Bonnet Invitational. We're so excited for that. But first, we've got to start with a wonderful interview with an athlete from New York. Her name is Corinthia Griffith. She's a high school senior from Webster Schroeder High School. She's the country's top triple jumper and a future Harvard Crimson. Corinthia is the reigning New York champion in the triple jump and a national runner-up who put down a major PR of 42 feet, 11 inches recently, which lands her number 10 all-time in the history books. We have Corinthia with us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. All right, let's start really with a broad question. Um, your success in the jumps right now is another level. You're the best of the best in the triple jump, and your long jump, you're on the cusp of 20. What would you attribute your success to as of recently? Um, honestly, I'd say my weight room trainer, he's been really helping me out, especially preseason. He helped me get back into weight room when I was kind of feeling like a little down on myself and not really into it like I used to be. So I attribute a lot of my success to him. What, why, why were you feeling down? What was, what, what was that period? Um, well, it was just during the summer. I was just kind of coming back from a knee injury, and that was a little hard on me because I kind of felt like I wouldn't really be back to where I was um, last season. So it was really nice for him just to be there for me and support me throughout that. You certainly have bounced back in a huge way. Um, I want to talk about the 42-foot, 11-inch triple jump. That's, that was a foot better than your, your debut this season, and it put you into the 42-foot club for the first time. Can you break down the jump for me? Do you remember it? How did it feel? What were your phases? Yeah, I do remember. I actually have a video of it, too. I, do, I end up actually watching it a lot. It's actually a really good memory. Um, but I remember that... I was going down the runway and I was just focusing on extending my first phase because I've been very choppy with it as of recently. So I've been trying to keep that consistent and then landing in the pit. I actually have a little bit of an issue with my landing. My feet kind of kick out sideways and not 
forward. So I was trying to focus on that and not really let anything else get to me. Mm-hmm. Corinthia, I think you deserve a round of applause just knowing how consistent you've been. I know you just were open about sharing like you've been dealing with the knee injury and like Corey said, you just bounce right back. And just looking at your season, you've been very consistent over 40 feet. When we when we think about that 40 to 11 foot jump, how did that compare to the other jumps that you had earlier in the season? Like how did it feel just coming off the board? Did it feel any different from what you've been feeling uh, leading up into this point? It did feel a little bit different. I felt like I had more energy coming off the board than compared to a lot of the other jumps I had this season. Like I was at Virginia at the beginning of January and those jumps didn't feel as energetic as this one did, especially the crowd I had around me supporting me definitely helped with everything being put into the jump. That's awesome. And you're also coming off of a Milrose Games weekend as well. We were also there on the ground. You jumped 40 feet, one and a half inch, just to finish as the runner up there. But how would you describe the environment of Milrose? And what was it like competing at this meet for the second time in your career? Um, I think the environment was pretty good. Everyone that you compete with there is extremely nice and very supportive. You always have girls there helping you out, especially when you're trying to check your mark or they're giving you advice on what to do about your phases, your landing. So it was like a pretty good experience overall. Now, Corinthia, I'm very curious. I personally have never done the triple jump, and that's an event that's always been, like, so fascinating to me. I mean, it's so technical, right, with all the different phases, and I'm just like – All right. From your perspective, like, what is that feeling like when you're going out there and you're triple jumping and then you hit like a huge, you know, 42 foot mark? Like, what is kind of like that emotion? Like what's going through your head? What is it like to triple jump? Um, It's honestly very freeing, if I do say so myself. I was actually never really a triple jumper until sophomore year. My coach got me into it. I flat out refused to (laughs) triple jump at all before that. Um, And ever since then, it's been kind of like, the place that I can go to just to like be myself and feel like calm, especially when I'm not having such a good day. At least I know that I'll still have this to look forward to later. And even like being around people who understand knowing how to do triple jump or being around people who support you in that way, it's just an amazing feeling. Now, as you kind of mentioned, you know, you only got into triple jump when you were a sophomore, you've done a bunch of other events. I mean, you do the long jump, you've done some sprints as well. Like, of all that, like, what would you say, obviously, you've, you know, you're doing really well in the triple right now, but do you have one event that you can say, like, hey, this is my favorite event, and why is that? Um, if it wouldn't be the triple, I'd definitely say I still do love the long jump. I've been doing long jumps since I was in the fifth grade, so it's been a very much a love-hate relationship with that <laughs> event for me, but I still do love it a lot. Just an aside here. Brian Dybel and I both did try the the triple jump. I've seen that video. Years back yeah. with Jasmine Moore, and we were not good. <laughs> we were not good at it. It takes a very, it's a different skill set. You can't yeah. go into it. Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard. Uh, I'm curious. You've you've competed in so many men's o- events over your your career. What's been your favorite meet experience uh, over your career? What's been the best moment meet wise for you? Um, about two years ago, my outdoor track team went to a little invite in this little town in New York in Baldwinsville. And that definitely was one of the best track experiences I've ever had, primarily because of the support that I got from not just my team as a whole, but all the other athletes in the meet were extremely supportive of me doing, I did so many different events and it was, it was just a really good experience overall. Very cool. Um, do they line the runway at all or no? 
line that triple jump run away or no? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they do. Very cool. Now, I want to talk about uh, or ask you about a meet that did not go to plan last year, the Penn Relays. Um, probably a performance for you that you probably reflect on and say, like, how, how can I, you know, do better? I mean, when looking at that performance, you finished 14th there. How do you remember that? And, and what, do you, what lessons did you take away from that? I primarily remember um, warming up especially for that experience, because it was, from what I remember, it was not the best day. It was a little like rainy and drizzly and the sun was not out. It wasn't a good experience, but I remember there was this girl who came up to me and she was talking to me and giving me tips. And at least in that moment, I felt like even if I don't do the best that I know I can do, at least I have people here who are still going to support me and give me like tips and try and help me out. And it was, it wasn't the best meet I've ever had, but I always like to look at meets that weren't necessarily good for me and think that even if that meet wasn't good, I should still be grateful for the experience that mm-hmm. I got to play out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Penn and speaking of outdoors, Penn is one of my favorite meets. And I know for Corey, Ashley, and myself, it's one of the meets that we look forward to every single year. Are we going to see you again at the end of April and just kind of walk us through what are some of your goals that you have for the remainder of the year? Well, I'd say um, as of right now, I definitely want to be consistent with the 42s and I want to see if I can push my way into a 43. That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess I'm hoping to go back to Penn. That would be amazing. I honestly thought that that would have been a great experience last year and it wasn't horrible, but I feel like this year it would be an amazing experience if I went. And I'm hoping to just stay on the right track to do good at nationals. Mm -hmm. And just hearing from you, I can see and just hear from you that like you've learned a lot over the last year. So I think you're going to also, it's going to be a different experience for you if you go back to Penn, but also I want to say congratulations on committing to Harvard. That is super amazing. What separated Harvard from all of the other programs that you were looking into as you were going through that recruiting process? Well, I'd say um, the coach was a big one. He's very supportive of me. We actually talk a lot and he's one of the people I definitely feel like I can like lean towards or go talk to if something would ever be wrong. And especially the team there, the environment was amazing. I went down for my visit and I honestly felt like I had a little family there. I was there for a matter of like maybe five minutes after I got off the plane and my host student, I adore her so much. She's one of the people who really made Harvard feel like home to me. Now, I know Olivia already asked you a little bit about what you're looking forward to for outdoors, but I want to stay in indoors for a second. Obviously, we're starting to wrap that up. Like, what's the plan for you going into, you know, national championship season and stuff like that? And what do you hope to accomplish there? I guess I'm honestly just trying to prove to myself more that I can do what I know I can do and I can stay consistent with everything I've been trying to do. So just staying consistent in the triple, I want to definitely try and hit a 20 and long. I think I can do it and I'm going to push myself to see if I can hit what I know I can. Now, we, I, I like to ask all our guests on this podcast, the Flow Track podcast, a variation of this question. Do you prefer indoor or outdoor better and why? I guess I prefer indoor better only because I feel like I'm a little biased because since I'm a jumper, I like very steady, stable conditions. Mm -hmm. And in outdoor in New York, we have horrendous, horrendous (laughs) conditions. We have a lot of snow. It gets very cold. 
So I guess during indoor, it's just like that constant, stable environment that makes it 10 times easier to jump in. That makes sense. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the 20-foot long jump because I just looked at this the other day. I mean, 13 females in high school history have doubled 40-plus in the triple, 20-plus in the long jump. Why is that a, a goal of yours to sort of get in that company? Well, I guess ever since I've been young, I really, really loved long jump. And I never really thought being where I am now would ever be a possibility. So just to keep striving to what I know I can achieve, especially a 20 foot, which is something I didn't even think I could get last year with where I was in long jump would just be an amazing feeling. Yeah, you're certainly putting yourself up there. And I think you've had uh, great success. I want to ask you before we leave about the great state of New York. Uh, you're you're from Rochester area, right? Yeah. What is your favorite part about your city where you live? Um, there's this little flea market that's called the Lucky Flea Market. And I'm a very, very big person when it comes to clothes. I love clothes. I love jewelry. And they sell like all these thrifted clothes there. And I think it's honestly a really nice touch in the city. And I think it really shows that we have a good community in Rochester that can come together and do things like that. I love it. Are you going to, are you going to bring that style to Boston? That culture? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, um, I know, you know, speaking for everybody else, we're looking forward to seeing you the rest of the indoor campaign. Best of luck moving forward, Corinthia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. That is Corinthia Griffith from Webster Schroeder. All right, let's go to a new segment. Yes. Kind of yes. sports center-ish. Love it. If I may. I like it. You know, we stream a lot of events over the season, obviously every weekend, and why not? Let's go through some of the top race videos uh, of the week. And I th- the first one we have here is a 200-meter final from the Oklahoma Indoor State Championships. Um, we have it teed up here. Any thoughts before we get into it? First of all, it's a very flat track. So <laughs> I'm just like... 200 on a flat track? Ooh, Ooh, I already ooh. know. Gosh. The knees are going to be buckling. But uh, I think 200 meters indoor is especially when it's flat, you have to give the athletes a round of applause because it's so challenging. You don't have the the help with the bank. So the fact that we're going to see something extraordinary from a flat track is exciting. Let's start this if we can. So we got Santa Fe's Alex Caven, not in the frame yet, but you will see her. More little what are we seeing right now? Caven, I'm seeing him out. Caven already doing <laughs> Already making up the stagger the within the first 100 meters. Caven and this is, uh, this is winning time right here off the curve. But really, look at, look at this. Five across, just trying to hold on. <laughs> that is awesome. Loving that. That's Caven, who won in 25.85 at the Oklahoma Indoor State Championships this weekend in Norman. Um, great way to start off this segment. We're going to go next to another good event out of Florida. It is in the Girls Mile, where we're going to see. Did you guys see this matchup? Fort Myers, Lehigh's Gianna Del Pezzo went up against Madeline Gear, who is from Tampa area. It was a battle in the mile. 
I have actually not seen this video, so I'm very excited to yes. see what this battle is I'm going honestly, to be. <laughs> I'm kind of with Ash. I kind of wanted to withhold like seeing it so I can actually react. react. Yeah. Like, right. In live time. Let's tee it up. <laughs> Let's tee it up. We got gear out front to start in the white. We got Del P Pezzo on her shoulder here with 200 to go. That's gutsy, making your move on the curve there indoors. Yeah. Gear, gear was... <laughs> Far, far ahead the whole race. You really put the uh, put the pressure on really early, but Pezzo just stayed in the mix up until the final 200 meters here. And I think it's extraordinary just to see you know the athletes kind of maneuver through traffic too, and you're trying to get to that finish line. Yeah. And look at that strong last 50. We do love a great kick. In you love a great races. kick. Yeah. So, That's awesome. Gianna Del Pezzo from Fort Myers Lehigh won the race in five minutes, 0.17. She broke five minutes earlier in the season in the mile. Gear obviously ran a 1K earlier, ran well, comes up second here, but we'll see more from her over the outdoor season. Two great runners there. Next video we're going to tee up is from the PTFCA Indoor Track Carnival in Bethlehem. Uh, we got a freshman going up against a junior, final 200 meters. Who do you think wins? Mm. I'm just going to guess it's the freshman, and that's why we oh. picked this video. Oh, okay. Actually, Ashley brings up a really good point. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's All right, go. freshmen's on the inside here. Veterans on the outside. Freshmen. Oh. Really. They're kicking it in, right? They are. <laughs> they are kicking right it there. Kicking it up here in the final 50. Oh, oh, we're sprinting. Oh, oh. oh. Oh, we're spotting. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. Out of nowhere. Oh, the That's dip at the line. And I love seeing a dip at the line in a distance event. That's great to <laughs> me. Great. I love that. It's I mean, great. to steal a race in the final meters, too, it's got to be heartbreaking. Yes. Yes. It's heartbreaking. Yes. Satterton's Ben Wright took that win over Rowan Carr, 904.51 for the 3K distance. But as John Davern, our Pennsylvania editor, told us earlier, uh, our freshman came back to win a mile uh, later in the day, so all was not lost there. We're going to Eastern Indoors, uh, which took place in Louisville, Kentucky this weekend, and we got a 400-meter uh, dash that is electric here in the final <laughs> yeah. 200 meters. You emphasize dash there, so I feel like it's just going to be a speedy one. It is. It's all <laughs> sprint, no gas. All right, let's go here with the 400. All right, can you predict what happens? Oh, gosh. Ooh, oh, she gave up the inside. Why? We see this quite often in track, and it breaks my heart. <laughs> oh, wow. Did we recovered. Oh, Did she? oh, oh, Did she? oh. She's holding her off. She's holding her off. Gosh, this is why 400 indoors sometimes is, like, so intriguing to me. Oh, but she's still giving up the inside. Oh, maybe not. Oh, now she's moving outside. Oh, wow. Wow, that was great. That was a close one. Alasia Bradley. Nearly loses control, <laughs> gains it back, wins the 400, 56-6-7 over Delaney Brinker. Any tips for her next outing? Don't give up the inside. <laughs> she probably ran 405 there, okay. which hurts my heart, especially indoors. That's tough. That's tough. I'm not a 400 runner, so I feel like I can't give advice. <laughs> but Ashley. just, I mean, she took the, at least she took the, like the, she took the rail. No, she didn't even take the rail. She took the first position at yep. the bell. Just yeah. 
Get closer to the rail. Get closer to the rail. Just Don't emphasizes high school races are dramatic. Yeah, they, they really are. They are just very dramatic. Oh, gosh. I see you have North Carolina now queued up. My favorite <laughs> Our state. final race of the day came from the North Carolina Indoor State Championships. This is for all the marbles. High classification, four by four. Um, let's play it from here. We got all four exchanges that we caught here. Okay, great. I was like, I'm all for the four by four. Yeah. So we got... Uh, William Ho's in the mix, Cuthbertson uh, also in the mix, um, and all these teams are battling. At the first exchange, Willow, with Willow Spring, I think. Willow Spring, Out Cuthbertson yes, yes. goes by, and they lead. So first exchange, Cuthbertson grabs it. Nope, loses it. Willow Spring, let's see who emerges from this pack. Cuthbertson holds So they were just, I mean, back and forth with the lead here in this 4x4. Yeah. So the state team title was on the line here in the 4x4. Four four. Oh, gosh. Willow that makes it even more dramatic. So far, kind of going to plan here. Cuthbertson trying phenomenal. to steal back the lead. The lead oh, oh, making the move oh, on Willow Spring. <laughs> but just you wait. There's oh, one gosh, more Oh, gosh, there's still more? Oh, this no. Is oh, 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 my gosh. Oh Tim my gosh! Out of nowhere! Oh, wow! A turn of events! <laughs> wow! Huff will take the win! That is That's Tim. Brown. I did not see that coming. Tim Brown from William Ho, out of nowhere. And look! Look at the celebration. He's excited. Can't, can't hate it. Love it. <laughs> Three twenty-four sixty to win the four x four there at North Carolina. The fun story here, though, is in the previous heat, Mount Tabor set the fastest time they would end up second the four by four but that second place finish ultimately gained them the team title so wow wow that's, a, that's exciting that's exciting that's anything can happen there so they had to finish or, second or better basically yeah that's a lot yep. of pressure but yep. they got it that's done the crazy thing about some of these things is like i mean you divide it up into two heats and so it's like oh you don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> for sure all right, let's go to the Milrose Games, which Ooh. took place this weekend in New York City. Both of you ladies were there. Let's talk about the top high school moments, starting first with maybe a surprise here in the 300 meters. And Kane Stanley, Goodness are we gracious. talking about a star from IMG Academy now? I was completely blown away. And to give you some backstory, the day before the, so Saturday, I had a chance to talk with coach Dwight um, separately, completely just like in conversation. I was like, so Kane Stanley popping off this season. Why don't we uh, just talk about him real quick? And he's just expressed like Kane has just been in a completely different element. He's gotten a lot stronger. He's kind of trusted the process as you would, you would, as you would hope. And to Kane's advantage, like he was on the outside lane six and just did what he needed to do. Essentially, his 300 meters was just absolutely remarkable. Running a 32.85 to win that race, a new U.S. number one broke the meet record, facility record. And I had a chance to talk with him after his race one on one, and he was expressing that an it was really chaotic. But there was an official that almost cut, was trying to cross the track as they were coming down the home stretch, and Kane was like screaming at the official, like I am coming full throttle, and Kane was like kind of running all over that last 50 meters. So I just would, I wonder what would have happened if that 
situation didn't occur of how much faster he probably would have went. Cause just imagine exerting all of that strength to just yell at officials. So you don't run into them. Um, but Kane just like completely surprised me. I know we've been seeing him consistently, been putting out really strong marks. He's gone 21 Oh four in the 200. He went 33, 33 at the BA showcase to win that event. So for him to drop, from a 33-3 to a 32-85 is remarkable. So Kane Stanley is just doing big things this year. Top 10 300-meter rankings in history. What a list. Yeah. Ryan Heron at Texas right now. Mm-hmm. Jalen Slade from IMG was a national record holder at one point. Cameron Rose at Clemson. Now Eric Allen Jr. Kane sits at fifth right now. 300-meter rankings. Justin Robinson from Arizona State. Tyrese Cooper, Jane Horton Mims, Michael Cherry, and Quincy. That's your top 10 right now in the 300. That is an incredible list yeah. that you are now yeah. company of. So many big names right there that, like, have obviously a lot of them have now gone on to do, you know, big things in college too as well. Two now from IMG under the tutelage of Dwight Thomas, as you said. Something kind of happening in terms of coaching that 300 really well. Um, good stuff there. Let's go to the 600. Oh, oh my gosh. God. I know you gosh. both got giddy about the 600. I know. I was texting y'all, blowing up your phones about this, <laughs> like, in live time. But, Ashley, what was your takeaway from that 600? Oh, just – I feel like there's a lot we have to break down here, right? <laughs> yeah. So, this 600, again, I feel like this was kind of hyped up as, like, this was the high school event to watch at Milrose on Sunday. You have Quincy Wilson, Jonathan Sims, Jaden Marchin, like – all these top guys in the, in the entire country in that, you know, 400 to 600 range all going at it. And we saw something that we usually don't see from Quincy Wilson, which is reserved. Usually, reserved. reserved. Yeah, yeah. Usually you see Quincy, he's going to go out and he's going to go out hard and like, just like push it right from the get go. But I will say me and Olivia talked to Quincy before the race. We, yeah. we happened to be, you know, run into him and he told us, he's like, I, I got to play it smart here. Like I'm, I'm going to – he's basically said, like, Jonathan Sims is probably going to go out really hard, and I just have to – I can't get too caught up in that. That's mm-hmm. basically what he said. And then that's exactly what happened on the on the track. You have Jonathan Sims and Jaden Merchant go out there, just, like, shoot out like a rocket. Mm-hmm. And it was mainly just an idea of, like – in my mind as I was watching, I was like, can Quincy catch them? Mm-hmm. And then in that last hundred, all of a sudden, you see Quincy coming on the outside – and passing by those two guys, and he takes the win in a U.S. number two all-time mark. It's ridiculous. Did he listen to your advice? I, when I spoke with him, I wanted to tell him my thoughts, and I was just like, I want you to do what Coach Lee tells you to do, but I'm like, just run this smart. And I think he knew where I was going with it <laughs> because we already knew that Jonathan Sims has that strength. He has that 4 eight speed endurance and we're starting to see Quincy kind of tap into that potential, but still, of course it's a learning curve and learning experience. So I didn't flat out tell him like, yeah, don't go out (laughs) too aggressive, but I think he got the gist that he knew if he wanted to take that win, he had to play it in a different, in a different way. And I will say too, like where I was standing, taking some photos and doing some social stuff, like I was right by the bullish crew, like Joe Lee, that (laughs) whole crew, they were all standing next to me. And well, first off, when the, the race was about to start, never seen a crew so nervous before. I mean, they was like dead <laughs> silent, like so nervous. But then the way they were jumping and screaming and hugging each other and rejoicing afterwards, like it was just it was really cool to see. Very cool to see. I think part of this is the the stakes. It is the Milrose Games. It's a standalone, great, prestigious meet. 
doesn't have any ramifications beyond it, really. But there were stakes here. Yeah, yeah. Quincy wanted to beat Jonathan Sims. And I yeah. think that was that kind of led the urgency there. It felt like you guys yep. were talking a little bit about, you know, playing it smart. That means there's urgency there. There are some stakes to it. And how do athletes, you know, build their their character in moments like this, like yeah. when they're going up against people that they feel like can challenge them and ultimately help them get better in in, in these very, you know, high stakes environments. I love that about this race. I feel like there should be more of that on the season, um, but you know, capture that, bottle it up, and and move forward. But it's it's a wonderful race for him. I mean, not surprising at all from Quincy. I thought everybody else in the race, Martian finished second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sims not bad either. He still ran out of time. Two, it's two. it's, it's also only 600. his second race of the entire indoor yeah. season. Yeah. So I feel like he can only just go up from here. You yeah. know, right. like I think that's a very solid opener, and I think that's one where like. He should be very encouraged, I think, by his first like 500 meters. He mm-hmm. just got he has just clean up that final hundred. Yeah. Really, it's a it's it's a tough race for those guys. Mm-hmm. They are not necessarily building themselves for 600s, right? But I am curious, what do you think Quincy could run an 800 in? I don't know. I'm curious because like he did, he was on a four by eight. I don't think that was the best two hundred right. you know, eight hundred showing we would see from Quincy now. Maybe 155? That's literally... What? 56? No. That's literally where I was going. 155. Are you kidding me? 155. Okay, but this no, is No, I'm thing. saying 150. Oh, 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 okay. Absolutely. Okay. He ran Maybe. 117. You think but one... But you have to hold on for another two meters. Obviously, you race the eight different than you'll race the six. Right. But that being said... He is capable of running a 150. Okay, actually, like that's probably fair. I now, now I'm, I'm going to walk my, my original statement back a little bit. So maybe, I guess, what was it? A few weeks ago when we were talking about Quincy running an eight, hypothetically, yes. I think I said like 151, 152. Yeah. And then maybe I just got like caught up in like the four by eight, and I was like, okay, maybe not 151, 152. But I guess, yeah, now you probably do have to consider 117, 600. Like, that is legit. Yeah. I will give you credit there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll bump down to like one fifty three. Okay, one fifty three. Right. You gonna change your markup or no? I'm going one fifty four. Okay. One, right. I just the way how I see it is right six hundred meters. He still has to hold on for another two. You got to race it differently. But also we know Quincy is a dog. Like he's a bulldog, but he's a dog. So I'm also thinking there has to be a level of competition. Yeah. I feel like. To kind of spur up that pot a little bit to get, not saying Quincy can't run without competition, but like when the stakes are higher, that's when Quincy yep. really performs his best. So I, I don't know. I this that makes me scared to even think about him running we, an eight. Matchup we want to see Sims versus Wilson. I mean, eight hundred. That's the what man I want to see. Went one fifty one against Dodo. Exactly. Yes. I mean, so, that was that was a crazy race. Exactly. Too. Insane. Yeah. All I'm saying is he can run a. Fast 800 if Coach Lee puts him there at some point, which we might not see. But I'm just saying it's possible. Let's go to our last Milrose moment. It was the girls' mile. Goodness gracious. Okay. Did it play to expectations? How did expectations play to reality? I think it played to Ashley's. It played to Ashley. Call, Ashley called Both this race. Both of us called this race. Yes. Both of y'all. Both of us. Um, <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts? Let's start there. I mean, that's kind of played out. <laughs> Leachman went out. Yep. That's yep. what we expected. Like, like we all thought she would. Humphreys stuck on her. And she, she's she got 
the speed. Yeah. She, I mean, she played as, as smart as you can get. Exactly. Obviously. And I, I think it just played out to what we felt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly my thoughts, too. It's like, again, I figured Leach might go out really hard, but I was like, Humphreys is just going to sit on her and then kick whenever she wants to kick, whether that's 600, 400 mm-hmm. to go. And that's exactly what happened. And I, I think back to, a, you know, a few weeks ago when we went to Flower Mound to go watch Sam Humphreys run basically like a 200, 400-meter workout. And the way she could just, with every rep, just dial in and just knock those reps out at a quick pace, it, it – kind of gives you a little bit of a key into her mindset. Like, that's how she races, too. It's like she can just dial it up when she wants to and just run really strong. So she let Leachman do a lot of the work from the get-go. And then when it was when she thought it was her time to, you know, go take that race, that's what she did. Absolutely. Yeah. I think just from my perspective, I, we all knew Leachman was going to get out aggressively, and she mm-hmm. did. Um and she was hurting that last, I think, 400 or so. Um, but uh, outside of that, like, I had a chance to talk with Samantha after her race. And she she told me, she was like, I kind of was not expecting us to get out that hard. Um, but she knew to stay on Elizabeth Leachman's shoulder. And she made the move when she felt like it was right. And at one point, I think she glanced back to see where Elizabeth, mm-hmm. to see yep. if she did respond. And Elizabeth just did not have that foot speed to hang on with Humphreys. But it was still an extraordinary race and just two seconds off her her best, which she ran the week before at the New Bounds Grand Prix. So Samantha Humphreys looks really solid right now. Yeah, she's a top three miler right now in the country. I think yeah. you, when you, you'll get uh, other girls it was sadie her who was the second in in Allison maybe Allie and okay. i think maybe those yeah. three are kind of in a company of their own right now yeah she posted on instagram recently making the most of every opportunity this season she's become a yes woman in 2024 accept those those opportunities and and go for them love that about her i will say about leachman i do think she could run a fast mile but I think it would require specific training for it because Mm, she's clearly capable. It's just a matter of kind of holding on to – she's a Grant Fisher style Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. I mean, like he lacks a certain end product, but up until the very end, he's he's a blue chipper. Like he's amazing. Mm -hmm. But he just sort of lacks that speed. He can't run away from people. But, I mean, if she trained a certain way, I think she could run a really good mile. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was good stuff from Milrose. I know you all had a great time there. Let's go to one last thing, recapping uh, what we saw. One, The one best thing we saw from the weekend, and Ashley, let's start with you. Well, I'll keep it with the Milrose games here for a <laughs> second, but I think this one kind of went under everyone's radar maybe in terms of Milrose performances. Padawood Academy and the girls 4x8, they run the U.S. number three all-time mark in the girls indoor 4x8, 84986. I mean, that was really impressive to me. I was actually standing by their coach the entire time during that entire race. And I've never seen a woman so happy before. Like she was just, you could tell that they were going for something big, right? Because she was, you know, recording their splits on their, her phone the entire time. And every time it'd be like, oh my gosh, she just ran such a great split. Like you could tell they were like, they were trying to put down such something. a track really, comment. It is. But they were trying to like put down something fast and I mean, they were going up against some really fast teams like Union Catholic and Tattnall. Um, and, I mean, they pretty much just controlled that entire race. Um, I definitely think they're going to have to be someone to watch when you come to, say, what, you know, national season, New Balance, Nike, whatever it may be. 
Um, not the team we thought out of Delaware. Yeah, d- no, Delaware. exactly. Did exactly. not expect this. I think this came That's as why, a surprise yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's why it was like a wow moment for me because I didn't – I know they've always been – I, I, I believe they ran a VA showcase, I want to say, and they mm-hmm. ran a really fast time there. Um, but I wasn't, you know, considering the other competition, I wasn't sure what, what happened. And they did really well. Olivia, what about you? Yes, our guy, Clay Shively. Yes. Huge fans of the Kansas athlete. Almost breaking four minutes in the mile. You were a little hesitant about Clay Shively like a week ago. I, I was because I was just like, you know, he – after the cross country season, he's been injured. I just didn't know where he was throughout that recovery process, yeah. but I've always been a fan of Clay. Even yeah. when he made his announcement that he was going for the NXN yep. title, right. I stayed yep. with him yep. that whole entire time. So at the David Henry Valentine Invitational at BU in a collegiate field, we've been talking about, you know, breaking four and how that would look four minutes Point seven zero seconds. He took off four seconds off of his debut and off of his personal best from last year. And of course he lowered that Kansas indoor state record. And I feel like he's right on the cusp of just break making history before he goes off to NAU in the fall. So clay, huge fan. So proud. Just looking yeah. strong coming back. And it looks like he hasn't skipped a beat at all. I agree. The race video, he really just, uh, the last, what 40 kind of yeah. breaks down a little bit. Yeah. That's all you need, and mm-hmm. you had the sub four right there. Yeah, I think with miles, sometimes with high schoolers, you only have a certain allotment of performances that you are capable of of, of doing this. So I think he might have just like one more shot indoors yeah. at the very least. Yeah, because if you try, there's like a diminishing return factor. I mm-hmm. think the more you try, um, the harder it becomes. But I think he does have one left in store where he can really kind of go for it and yeah. get it. Yeah. Is it in Boston? Is it a last chance Boston? Is it New Balance? Like, where? What would be the best we opportun- were just talking opportunistic about, we were just time talking for him? About this too. I feel like New Balance is going to be hard because it's like people aren't necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily going for time. Right. They're going for I'm trying to be, you know, the indoor national champion. But I feel like if you do it at BU meet, yep. and BU has been very welcoming and allowing high school kids to participate in like the collegiate and the pro fields, like. That would be the best shot, I think, to do it if you. The issue that. is, I don't think there's like any. Isn't there a last you, chance? There, is that that may be chance? it. There may be it. I'm trying yeah. to. I think it's yeah. Then maybe there's a last chance, and then like some DMR me yeah. that we'll have live this weekend. But yeah. uh, could be there. I guess yeah. Like I, we had this conversation. Gets harder when you're in a high school only field without a pacer or anyone right. else to like break it. But I will say. I think I saw some of the confirmed names for the new balance for the mile for the boys. I mean, you're going to have, have it up right now. Yeah. Clay Shively, uh, Adam Burleson, Drew Griffith, Jojo Jordan, like ooh, yeah. Stephen Hergenrother. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, it could be a very fast race if they decide like yep. that's the goal, but it will have to be like all of them coming together and be like, Hey, like let's put, let's push this really let's fast. Let's just yeah. do it. They got to run yeah. the paces to, yeah. to get on yeah. the mark there. I agree. Yeah. So my, my my point here is the 1Ks, I think, kind of speaking to Clay Shively on the same token at, at a different distance, we saw two awesome 1Ks go down on separate coasts. Stephen Hergenrother, as you just mentioned, ran 223.8 uh, for the 1K at David Emery at BU, good for seven all time. 
ran with Collegians. He obviously had a wonderful performance there. And then Owen Powell on the separate side of the, of the country in, in Seattle, um, Mercer Island High School. He ran 224-41 uh, on an oversized track at the Dempsey. Uh, and that's top, I think, 15 all time. Really great performance from those two guys. We talked about when is this 1K record ever going down by, by Robbie Andrews? At the same time, I do think one of these guys has at least one more effort that they can put in to maybe go after it. I think BU, BU is the opportunistic side if there is a meet um, that you, you try to do that mm-hmm. um, because that has proven to be the track where records fall. For sure. Um, so this next segment is going to be a really fun one, and I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about it. Mm-hmm. National mm-hmm. records, we're going back to national record talk. It's time to talk about the 400. Is it realistic this year to think that we could see Elsie Coleman's 45.92 go down? That was set back in 2004. How plausible is it that we see a national record in this event this year? Who are you tossing it first to? Olivia. Tossing it to me. <laughs> He's I was looking like, at you. I know. <laughs> oh, man. I, I have mixed emotions about this, and I think it's just because we haven't seen – We've seen great performances already. We have 10 boys that have dipped under 48 seconds, but no one has dipped under that 47 barrier. And it's kind of, I just think about um, Alan Webb when we talked about breaking the four minutes in the mile. You got to hit those stepping stones. So it's like, first you try to break 47, relatively speaking, then you try to go 46. Once you hit 46, now you're trying to go under 45. It's hard to make that huge leap. Um, I want to say yes, because I, I want this record to go down so bad. The biggest question I think is Quincy has not run the open 400 meters yet. And so I think Quincy is probably the closest person that's probably in everyone's head right now. That's like, I think he can get that 45 92. The thing is different from a sprinter to a distance runner. When, Sprinters are at a national meet. They're going to give you something fast because it's it's an all-out effort. There's no really strategy in a 400 besides get out, get to the pole first, and hold on tight. Um, so I think we could potentially see something at nationals. I really, truly want to say we're probably going to see something like a low or mid 46. I want to say we're going to see a national record, but I just don't know if – the athletes so far right now that have dipped under 48 or who knows, like we could see a 48 sprinter just, you know, put something down really fast. I don't know if we're there yet. Okay. When we're looking at the field of athletes right now. So you're erring on the side of caution here. Athlete. I'm on the, yes, side of caution. Kind of similar. Like I think it's, I definitely think it's plausible, but I, I go back to what we were talking about with the boy 600 at Milrose and stakes, right? Like I feel like, You've got to get some sort of high stakes environment where like people will be feeding off of that competition between each other to get something really fast in that 400. Like I think these guys, when they're all, and I think of people like Quincy, Jonathan Sims, Jaden Merchant, even like if you put them all in a 400 and you know, those stakes are really high and that, you know, that competition's up there. Like we could definitely, I think, I think breaking that record's plausible, but the issue is, will we get that race? indoors i don't know it just really depends on where it goes we probably won't so but i don't know both of you erring on the side of caution i will say it this 400 at new balance is going to be at the track at new balance on the final day true first couple of days right 
Reggie Lewis. So I don't necessarily think a lot of records go down at Reggie Lewis based off of maybe the, the limitations there and the environment. But I do think final day, it's the everything is basically a championship. Everything literally on the track is a championship <laughs> that final day at the track. And the 400 is at 105, which is basically your, your peak time. Most people are interested in what is happening. There's been championships running. You go into the 400. Here's a record. And I agree. Quincy is the guy I would take at this point in time to go for it. The national championships are split. Yeah. There is an equal amount of people that are going to be at New Balance and at Nike, which hurts. But I still think you have enough um, talent on the line for a guy like Quincy to, to, to run away with it. And we saw that, that beautiful moment with Adeja Hodge last year anyway. We saw yeah. just unbelievable history right. to went, go down on that track. So yeah. I don't think that it's impossible. I think it's, I think it's possible. What's my percentage on it? Yeah, what's the percentage? Yeah. 40, 30%, 30%, 30%. 30%. Okay. I was thinking, 30%. Yeah. I was thinking 40. I was in that 40, 45 range. Yeah. 50, maybe half chance. <laughs> Wait, half chance. <laughs> that, that doesn't make sense based on what you both said. Well, but uh, I, like I say that, but then I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll be the optimistic person here. <laughs> and yeah. Root for the kids. Okay. I'm rooting for the kids. Like I said, I want it to happen. Yeah. That's just asking. We have one month. So one month of, training a lot of these athletes are going through state championships so they're starting to move into that peak part of the season it's there i just don't know yeah i'm still sticking with 40 40 percent love to see it happen happen. we would love to see it happen in march that's when it's going to go down last segments up ahead here national meet national meet of the week look ahead the Mm -hmm. texas a&m blue bond invitational which arrives in college station march 1st and 2nd at texas a&m First time this is going to be back since 2022. It's going to be a massive meet because, as we've heard, there's some click conflicting scheduling issues for teams that can't go to the Texas Relays. So this provides a good opportunity for them to compete uh, before you know Texas postseason starts and things like that. So A&M is going to be a show March 1st and 2nd. What event are we most looking forward to seeing here and why, Olivia? I agree with you on the boys event, and I would love for you to dive into that deeper. When it comes to the girls event, for me, I'm looking at that long jump. You have Skyland Townsend of Rock Hill, the Georgia commit, who is going to be the front jumper in this event. She jumped 20 feet, two and a half inches already this indoor season at the Arkansas High School Invitational. She's also the USATF U20 fourth place finisher. She's the state champion. She's the defending Nike indoor champion. She has all these accolades, right? And she has a personal best of 20 feet, eight and a half inches. And there's Three girls total who have jumped over 19 feet, including Townsend. You have Ashley Lister, who went 19, four and a half, and London Tucker, who went 20 feet, one inch last year and was eighth at her state championships um, at UIL. So there's going to be a lot of great competition for the Texans as they go to Texas A&M to really put out some big marks. And, of course, uh, we've had a chance to look at the new facility. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's a wonderful warm-up area now right next to them. So it's going to be ideal for these athletes to really just get out there and compete. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. What about for you? I would argue that Texas, no other state does relays like Texas, especially when you look at four by ones. Double points. Um, Exactly. (laughs) And this boys four by one, I think is going to be really intriguing. I saw, I believe this was last week, Duncanville 
opened up the, their first outdoor race of the season. They ran a 40.71 in the four by one. Not surprising. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's Duncanville. It, yes, but like that just makes me even more excited for the race to come at Blue Bonnet because you're gonna have Duncanville. You're also gonna have three other teams seated under 41 seconds in that race, which are Ridge Point, KD Made Creek, and Humble Atascacita. Like that's gonna be really, really spicy. Like I think again. I, I, when I was at the Texas State meet last year and seeing all those relays happen, like I've never been more excited for re, like relays before. Like it's, yeah. there's just something special about it, I think, in Texas, and it's no different, I think, for this this meet to come. That is a preview of the state title. Yep, four mm-hmm, by one for sure. Uh, with Jelani Watkins, mm-hmm. Atascacita now he was with Klein Forest last year, but he's having himself a moment. I agree with you with the four by one here. Um, you know, I want, you know, the, un- the 100 meters right now lining up for Blue Bonnet looks incredible. Jelani Watkins, Caden Durham, Kendrick Jones, all of these guys are flat out superstars. Watkins and Durham both signed with LSU for football. Um, and I, I love Watkinson's sort of run in front of him now because f- football is He's done with football up until he goes to LSU. So mm-hmm. he largely in previous seasons, he always sort of had to keep that in the back of his mind because he's still training, but he signed. Yeah. You know, he, he can focus squarely on track now. And we're starting to see that with yep. indoor. He's already competed in like what? Three meets. Yeah. I mean, we, cause we've never seen him compete at like Milrose games yeah. before or anything like that. I totally agree. I, yeah. I think we'll get one more indoor meet out of him. We'll get this out of him. And Durham is a really electric runner. He's run. 10-2-5 when dated 10-2-8 for the 100. Watkins went 10-3-3 last year. Kendrick Jones, 10-5-7. He's a little underrated, but yeah. he's I believe he's only a junior this year. Um, and he is a great talent. So these three guys matching up in the 100 is going to be electric. Ooh, bring out the popcorn. <laughs> bring out the popcorn. And you know what they do? They, they switch the runway based on the winds. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll go to the, the back stretch if the wind's pulling that way. You'll, they'll go to the, 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 fr- the home stretch if it's pulling another way. So they'll, they'll aid the runners the best that they could here. So, Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm looking forward to the 100. <laughs> already, already waiting for it. Already excited. All right. Which team or athlete do you think is ready for a breakout moment at Blue Bonnet, Ashley? I'm going to go with Nia Kumdadze of Humble Kingwood. She's the University pick. of Texas signee. And I have her on this list for me because – if you look at what she did last year, she didn't compete past regionals, even though, you know, she was been consistently one of the top sprinters, I feel like in Texas over, you know, last year. And then, um, but coming into this year, she's already had a successful indoor campaign. She ran seven, four in the 60 at the Arkansas Invitational and also ran 2373 indoors at the same meet. So I think she's already off to a great start. And I think she's one of those, those ladies that's going to be in contention and a title favorite when it comes to UIL state championships. And I'm really excited to see what she does there. Good pick. Good I love you. I love that pick. I really yeah. do, Ashley. That's yeah. a really solid one just because, like, she has so much talent, and I think she was dealing with an injury last spring. So I was – personally, I was just – had a huge question mark by her name, like how this indoor season was going to look, and she looks – as Ashley mentioned, really, really strong. So just kind of translating that into the outdoor track is something I'm looking forward to. But also, I'm kind of giving a huge shout-out to Emma Wade, who's down the road from us in Cedar Park. She's a junior. Last year, she was eighth in the 1,600 meters and the 32 at the UIL Outdoor Championships, and she has a 
busy schedule ahead of herself at the Blue Bonnet Invitational. She's going to be in three events, so she's going to be giving us a show in that 800, the 1600, and the 32. And just as a sophomore last year, she set three personal bests of 213, 448, and 1038. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what time she's going to drop right now as we begin the outdoor season here in Texas. Love it. I think distance is underrated here in Texas, yeah. too. So I agree with that pick. I'm going to say Jaden Keys of KD7 Lakes. Last year at the state championships, he was third in the 110s, third in the 300s, and third in the long jump. <laughs> oh, man. He's coming back oh, here in the back. 110s, yeah. the 300s, the long jump, and the triple jump. I think he's got a mission in front of him. He wants to win not just one title, but many of them. So this is the start of hit. He, this He's already started his season out in, in 2024 uh, with a couple of uh, performances. So Jane Keys is going to be a guy I'm watching this spring in Texas, and it'll be fun to see. We'll all be at Blue Bonnet. It'll be live on Miles, but definitely looking forward to this meet coming up here on the calendar. Before we go, we want to send a quick tribute to the the late Kelvin Kiptum, who died on Sunday. He was a world marathon record holder. Um, impactful death uh, for all of the running community, not just in the U.S., but the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, just 24 years old. Um, what are your just quick thoughts on on what happened here and what it means? And My heart was completely broken. I think we were just finishing up Milrose, and all of a sudden – we heard the news and I was in disbelief. I was like, there's no way. And whenever we hear someone passing, it, it just breaks your heart. And he was so young, had such a bright future of head of, ahead of himself. And I'm just praying for his family. Um, I know his coach was also part of the, the accident as well. Um, so I'm praying for his family as well. It's just such a shocking, heartbreaking news to hear Um just knowing that this talented individual had such a bright future ahead in yeah. in yeah. in our sport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of what Olivia said, just just shock. Like again, we got this news right after Milrose and almost couldn't believe it at first. Like I I feel privileged that I had the chance to actually cover the Chicago Marathon mm-hmm. in person. Like I've seen him with my own two eyes. I watched that race and when I tell you I've never seen any athletic performance probably like that ever. Like it was crazy. And then just hearing him just talk and being so humble and just after that race, almost like nothing had even happened. He was just already looking forward to the next race. I think probably speaks to who he is as a person. And again, when you, I mean, only 24 years old, he's only a year older than me. I mean, that's just really sad. And I'm praying for everyone who's mourning right now. Yeah. He was the future of marathoning. He was hoping to go after a sub two effort, uh, coming up this year. Uh, so many tributes came and were littered across social media uh, on Monday, Sunday, as it happened. And I think everybody's going to remember him in a big way this year. So hearts go out to him and and his family and uh, support all the way. But um, tough time in the running community today for Kelvin Kiptum um, and his passing. That is our show on the line Tuesday. It's fun stuff. Yes. As always, we love talking track and field. We do. That's what we do here. It's yeah. our life. And I love it. We, we <laughs> love talking about the, you know, the kiddos and giving them that encouragement and just bringing it all down. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. I think we all really enjoy it. Yeah. Stay tuned for our next episode next Tuesday. As usual, same time, same place. We will catch you later. Thanks for watching.
I don't have my earpiece in anymore. I can't hear. Are we good? I'm ending it. Okay, it's ended. Okay. As long as Ashley. Thank you. We're good. We're good. It's actually, as long as Ashley's is clear. I just, I, there's a, there's a delay. That's why. So yeah, that's like, I, like, I don't want to talk. So like, I have to wait till I see the, the little logo come up and then I turn it off. Sweet. Great show. What do you got, everybody? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>